This is the business of sports. Let's talk Super Bowl and Fox Sports. Every single thing that occurs, I want people to remember this is a business. Guaranteed money isn't necessarily guaranteed. Michael Barr. How high can these valuations go? Scott Soshnank. Duke. Everybody loves rooting against them, right? Evan Novi williams Off the field, the NBA has never been buzzier. And the leaders in the sports industry. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Mike Oresco. He's the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Jared Smith, president of Ticketmaster. Mindy race car driver, Elio Castro. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Sochnick. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We, we say we discuss the uh, biggest issues in sports business. Michael Barr, still on vacation. Never see the guy anymore. Yeah. Think he's listening? I miss him. Listening. Barr, if Go you're listening, it. tweet at us that you are listening. I like this first one. Gronk, close to a deal with the WWE. Who is this better for, Gronk or the WWE? Because they need a little sizzle, right? I think it's. I mean, it's good, probably good for both of them. At least surprising signing news that I can think of in uh, in, in sports. Yeah, right if you now. ask me, any retired athletes, any sport that may join the WWE. I mean, he's showed up before, right? I would think that his the demographic of people that love Gronk and the people that love WWE are pretty are pretty solidly overlapped. And he's done this before, right? A couple of years ago, he joined in some some WWE. He was in I the ring. I can't remember some, yeah. ex- exactly uh, which one. And I think he's talked about it. You know, in the past as well, he retired. You know, before his thirtieth birthday. Um, I think everybody knew we were not seeing the end of Gronk from an entertainment. Yeah, but, he, but here's my standpoint. question. Here's my yeah. question. Do you really think he's going to be like top roping and slamming or being slammed? The guy's had some serious injuries from football. I wouldn't think his back, his neck, are up for body slams. Even I have, I have no idea. And to be honest, I'm not even sure how much of how dangerous those things. Like uh, the wrestling world, to me, you know, from a sports slash entertainment standpoint, I don't know enough about it to know. How is our concussions an issue in wrestling? I'm I'm not sure about that. I think you're right that you know no question he will be probably a little bit more conservative about what he's doing. Should be the than, manager than most. You're too young, but do you remember the Mouth of the South? No. So you don't remember? That. Okay. Absolutely. There was a manager called the Mouth of the South. That was his thing. Okay. He was great. Like that would be Gronk. He should just be mouthing off on the side while other guys beat each other up. Yeah, I mean, I view an athlete who is done in his primary sport or her primary sport and then moving to WWE. Not unlike, I think, of athletes who want to get into acting, you know, or maybe get into a music career later on. It's just another form of entertainment, and they are popular enough that, you know, they have crossover appeal. So I certainly get it for WWE. Gronk has been doing studio work for Fox as well. Fox has a billion-dollar deal with uh, with WWE as well. I wonder if there's any tie-in or any kind of cross-promotion and stuff there as well. But, you know, he, he joins a long list, right? Adam Pacman Jones, Lawrence Taylor, Tyson Fury, Floyd Mayweather, Ronda Rousey. You know, there's tons of athletes who have made a lot of money in, in, in one sport and then decided, you know, there's 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 money for me uh, and, and more fans for me also in continuing, you know, to be in the spotlight through WWE. Speaking of there's money for me, stock price dip WWE. We're talking about uh, perhaps putting WWE events on other OTTs or... They they need something. Yeah, and I I'm certainly unclear if if Gronk moves the needle in a way that, that right. really affects yeah. the business the bottom line of the business in 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 that way. But but you probably, agree it's, it's a star hurt. driven business. You need stars. They, they I mean somebody comes in the ring and please, the place goes bonkers. Absolutely, and if and if getting a guy like Gronk brings new people, maybe fans who Patriots fans or football fans who haven't really tuned into WWE, but they like Gronk and they think he's funny and they they like him as a as a showman. You know, if it brings new fans in that that maybe wouldn't come in if you just had, you know, someone who's more endemic to to the to the wrestling world, 
great. I mean, I, I think it's a seems low risk. I, I don't know what they're going to pay him. Probably a decent amount, but it seems low risk and and you know potentially you know high reward. So who did you grow up with? Who were your biggest stars? I was Sergeant Slaughter, Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik. I mean, I'm not sure. The Undertaker. I'm not even the sure Undertaker if I could, was if I could uh, even name you three wrestlers really? that were popular when oh, come I was on. growing up. Really. Yeah. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin certainly uh, yeah, right, right. Uh, was high up there. Right, um, Undertaker and wow, stumbling on a yeah, third. Yeah, the guy with that wore the kiss makeup. <laughs> the ultimate there warrior. We there we go. go. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. There we go. The <laughs> ultimate warrior. I'm like, you're stumbling. You're like the guy that wore that. I didn't know that. All right, let's move on. NCA tournament. Who knows if fans will be there? Who knows what sites will be used? But one thing we do know is that it's going to be on TV. If it's staged, it'll be on TV on CBS because they paid too many billions of dollars uh, not to. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there'll be no betting data on the screen, even though the NCA has a deal with William Hill, even though we're moving toward a world where people who bet on these events in, in, in markets like New Jersey and Pennsylvania uh, certainly might want to wager during the game and would enjoy it. But for now... The NCA doesn't think that's in the best interest of its <clears throat> student athletes. Yeah, if you kind of look at the spectrum of the major U.S. sports leagues, and I put the NCAA in that category as well, kind of the way that they have embraced or not embraced sports gambling, no question that the NCAA is way on the end of trying to pretend like it is not a legal thing, don't want to be involved in it at all. And as a result, you know, the the, the partners that they have for their biggest property, which is the the NCAA tournament, the, the men's basketball tournament, um, are going to kind of adhere to that as well. You know, so the NCAA does not want odds on the screen. It's not the XFL. They don't want it discussed by announcers. And as a result, CBS is not going to do that quite yet. I believe this is the first tournament that we're going to have games played in legal sports betting yeah. jurisdictions. Yeah. You know, there's, there's regionals in both Indianapolis and New York, and both of those are, are states that have legal sports gambling. So it's coming. You know, the NCAA obviously understands that, one, it's happening. Two, they're probably making ancillary money on the side about it just from fan engagement, et cetera. Uh, but they're not re- yet ready to, to, to dive in here. You mentioned the CBS William Hill deal. Um, you know, the one of the big questions when they signed that deal, was it going to be more like the Fox stars deal, right? Which had its own betting app and has, has really integrated its way into Fox, or if it was going to be more like the ESPN Caesars deal, which I think even your, your, your standard, you know, often ESPN watcher, doesn't really, you know, doesn't really see the Caesars brand or even see the Caesars odds all that much. Uh, and it certainly seems as though, at least in the early stages, CBS and, and William Hill are more going kind of the subtle ESPN Caesars route than, than they are the uh, the Fox uh, Stars route. Would you say there's any group of athletes who I would think would be more inclined to throw a game? <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, they don't get paid. There's so much money involved that I would think that's the type of setup that is ripe for picking. You're right. It's the the NCAA tournament might be the the perfect nexus of those two things. One, a tremendous amount of liquidity because everyone's betting on. This yeah. isn't like Kuala Lumpur 18 year old tennis matches, right? Where someone bets ten thousand dollars and someone's sitting somewhere. I'm goes, up at three a.m. waiting. Whoa, on that. what does that mean? Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of liquidity in this market. And two, you know, you have. 
in this tournament specifically, a lot of kids who you know aren't getting compensated, they don't have a lot of money, and often and play at very small schools, you know, where they're not in the Big Ten yep. or the ACC or the SEC spotlight uh, on on a weekly basis, you know, for four or five months a year. And those schools also don't have the same oversight and the same you know compliance capabilities that a school like Ohio State or Duke or, or UNC might have. Uh, so yes, I mean, I think that that is, and I think this is one of the reasons why you're seeing the NCAA kind of drag its feet more than most is that, you know, because the, the players are not compensated in, in, in any way similar to the way professionals are, are, are compensated, but, you know, liquidity and betting on their games is often just as popular, if not more popular. The NCAA feels that tension. You know, and I've talked to a number of athletic directors who are kind of trying to, to toe this line right now. And you can bet, you know, every compliance department in North America right now is reminding its athletes you can't bet on college basketball. Yeah. You can't be in a bracket pool that pays money, all those things. Kids are going to do it anyway, of course. Uh, but, you know, you and I have both said on the show, we're, we're not that far away, I think, from a, a major sports betting scandal yeah. happening in the U.S. And I would put my money on, no pun intended, that it happens in college. And our uh, pals at Genius Sports, hello, Chris Dugan, they uh, they have a deal with the NCAA as well mm-hmm. for, for, for data and, and there's an integrity uh, component of it. Yeah. And uh, you, you better watch for... The, the, the dollars being bet to see if there's any irregular mm-hmm. stuff happening. Ha- have you watched XFL games at all? I sampled. Yeah. D- did you find, d- did you notice or even find the, the betting portion? I mean, Jeff Pollock, when he was on the podcast here a couple of weeks ago, said they were embracing the spread in every way possible. Yeah. Have you found it as enhanced, changed at all, your kind of viewing experience, seeing it on the Chiron? Or no, I'm, used to, I, I'm, I'm just used to graphics at this point. Like, I'm used to stuff on the screen. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, to watch it to go full embrace to me, it would be sort of the the digital experience. Agreed. You know, if I if I don't watch it on my TV, you're watching everything digitally, and you know maybe separate screen. And but that that to me would be full embrace, and I'm not there yet. I, I know my son will watch it all that way. Yeah. But but not me. Yeah, and I I don't think to my knowledge there's anybody who has done kind of a real big sports gambling type telecast and this is obviously not for everybody and i think a lot of people at home would be upset if if they went this far but for the gamblers out there you know being able to say you know all the live options right now that touchdown suddenly flipped the spread from minus six to minus one whatever yeah, win it is. probability absolutely and, yeah. i think there is a market for those things but you know i don't think it's ever going to happen on the general telecast yeah the you linear know, tv exactly. prime telecast. that is something yeah. that like you can opt into and maybe you have your own separate gambling thread and you go deep there but even a sport like the xfl which is you know again embracing this to the fullest extent or so they say um it's not really it's not changing the telecast in any yeah. in any reasonable way and, and and i don't think it should either you know what is changing things the mm. coronavirus <laughs> i knew where that was Good, going. so you knew a new segue right uh it, it changes by the minute so it's hard to discuss on this show because we have let's see uh, San Francisco pondering a ban of large gatherings. That would be the Warriors. That uh, that would be the Sharks uh, also there for in Santa Clara. Yeah, so, yeah, Sharks and the San Jose so, Earthquake. Yeah, Bill Daly told us there are four options here. You can play the games with no crowd. You could play at the visiting team's arena or what's supposed to be the visiting team's arena. You could go to a neutral site or you could postpone. Those are the options in Those Santa Clara the where, yeah. where crowds of more than 1,000 are yeah, In are essence, no that's going to be everybody's option. We're hearing MLB is looking at playing at, at neutral sites, maybe Arizona, maybe Florida. Those are the options. I would think right now you have to see where things are going if we're following the data trend of Europe. We still have a, a few weeks to go at least. Um, perhaps just sucking it up and playing games in the arena with, with no crowd 
is the most palatable. It's It just seems the least intrusive. And yeah, there'll be a revenue dip. But as we have uh, found out that you know most teams have insurance for such things, um, your thoughts on which way the leagues and teams will likely go? Yeah, I mean, it certainly seems clear that the leagues and teams are dragging their feet on making these decisions, right? You know, the municipalities are, are clearly stating you shouldn't question. do this. You know, and, and as we record this on Wednesday morning, yesterday the governor of Ohio essentially asked that no indoor sporting events take place with fans. And a few hours later, both the Columbus Blue Jackets and the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Cavaliers said, we're going to invite fans to come if they want to. But and the, statement and the NCAA so tournament kicks off in Dayton yeah. in, in, a week, in a week's time. But a week how about today. the statement where it was like, well, we have great air filtration. Agreed. That's insane. It's about somebody sneezing on the seat or the person next to you, you're touching a concession counter. It's not about the air filtration. I think there there are two concerns happening at the, you know, at the executive level. One, the team that says fans you can't come anymore is going to face a lot of backlash. Whether it's the right decision to make or not, the Ivy League canceled its basketball tournament uh, yesterday on Tuesday and there were People who were livid on Twitter that they that they would do it. Um, no, there's going to be backlash. But, but there. question: are they, yeah. are they are they livid because they canceled the tournament? Or are they livid because teams like Harvard lost a chance to go to the NCAA tournament? Well, I think it's it's all part of that. I think it's. I mean, it, fans are going to find reason to be upset about any of it, right? So I think I think teams are sensitive to that. The second thing I would say is that you know if you go from having fans to not having fans, it's very hard to come back from that right like once you take that step and things are you know if you believe any of the science things are going to get worse in the u.s before it gets better coronavirus wise once you say you know this sunday we're not going to have fans it becomes very hard to let fans back in yeah, the building, i don't think right? you're going this sunday i think you're saying for three weeks for four weeks through a certain date exactly. and then we will reevaluate even three weeks yeah. Yeah, like yeah. then you're in the playoffs and you know i think teams are, are very wary of making a decision that you know suddenly they can't change and it could be months before things are better here than they are right now. Well, here's now. the stat that got us both, yeah. by the way. One team executive told me that the senior leadership of the franchise was spending 80% of its time on virus-related That's issues. That's insane. That's 80% of its time. On, and, and, by, and, right, and just running through different financial modeling, um, checking the insurance policy, what's cap- what are the capabilities, what what can we do, what are contingency plans, Not even because nothing really... Happened yet. And that's with teams in Major League Baseball ready to start their season, yeah. with teams in hockey and basketball either on the bubble of making the playoffs or planning for what the playoffs look the like. The most important part of time. Taking yeah. 80% of, of, of executive time is crazy. I, I'm curious, you know, you've been reporting on sports for a, very, a long time. Have you ever. Were you going to say very in there and decided not to? <laughs> I didn't say very. <laughs> but certainly lo- longer than I have. Is there another story that, that you felt like essentially like all consumed literally every sport at the same time and where news was happening so f- i feel like when we publish this podcast it's already going to be out of date there's going to be some major well, it depends news on how fast nick happen. does his job no, <laughs> no pressure <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate warrior back there uh no the only thing that i can remember that really was just all consuming at least around these parts was lynn sanity mm, yeah uh, but obviously that was a positive good for sports story but it's all anybody in new york anyway was talking yeah. about like I-, I could not write talk about produce enough stuff concerning jeremy lynn yeah and, and that's that was, all it was essentially just a basketball yeah, story, a basketball more or less. Story, right. Yeah, the, when the major leagues kind of all got together and issued that edict earlier this week or last week about you know closing the the locker rooms for journalists, I can't think of the last time that 
Major League Baseball, NBA, MLS were all involved. Maybe opposing sports gambling was the last time that they kind of united yeah. to, to provide a unified front like that. So it does certainly feel like we are in some kind of uncharted territory in terms of a, a story so big from a business and also just from a, a health and a, and a sports standpoint that it's affecting everybody in the same boat. My name is Evan Novi Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I'm Scott Soshnick. You can follow me on Twitter at Soshnick. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, bringing you the biggest in sports business. We should talk about our guest for for later in the week, Hank Ratner. Hank Ratner, longtime sports executive, ran Madison former Square CEO Garden of Madison Square Garden, while, founder Ratner Ventures. Yeah, uh, we'll talk to him about some coronavirus and uh, media and tech and no better brain to pick on Sports Business Matters than Hank. Sounds good. All right, you are listening to the Bloomberg's Business of Sports. Catch our Apple podcast wherever you do your downloading.